welcome, welcome, welcome to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I am your host, Chloe Brown, and I'd like to welcome you. You're welcome. You're welcome into this place and this moment, whether you're listening on via the podcast or you're watching via the YouTube video, I would like to welcome you in. This is your first time listening. This is your first time watching. This podcast, the Barnabas Speaks podcast, is a podcast about encouragement, a podcast about empowerment, a podcast about faith. If you don't know anything about me, know that I'm about encouragement, know that I'm about empowerment, and know that I'm really a man that lives by faith or seeks to live by faith. Well, we're here a second week. If you're listening on the podcast, if you like that uh, that intro music, then that was produced and written by Michael Brown Productions. Uh, Michael Brown Productions. And on Instagram, you can find them on, at MB Productions, at MB Productions. So I just want to thank him for uh, doing that uh, intro for us. But now that we are here, welcome, 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 welcome. We got the commercial, we handled the bills, and we did all those different things. And I would like to thank you, each person, for coming out and listening. So last week we talked about we talked about intersectionality, and we talked about. Uh, we talked about discrimination and we talked about uh, what God will want from us, kind of in a sense, because we talked about the the theologian that was saying that uh, our Christian responsibility is just to focus on being Christian. But I, I believe what we said last week was that our Christian responsibility is to respond to these things because we have a duty out of love. We have a Christian responsibility to love one another and to love one another as we love ourselves. So this week, as I mentioned last week, is that we'll be talking about God's will. I'm thinking about God's will and praying about God's will. And I've come to the conclusion that oftentimes we are not as concerned about God's will as we make it seem. Not we the the non-Christian, but we the Christian. We the person that confesses that we are of Christ. Generally speaking, we do not do a good job of seeking God's will. And there's several reasons for that, I believe. I think that part of the reasons is that we truly believe that we were made in the image of God, which we were. But sometimes with that thought, we think that however we think, whatever we want, whatever we will, wish that would happen, we believe that's God's will. Never really truly seeking God's heart about it, but we truly believe that if we believe it, if we feel it, if it's our idea that it must have come from God, never seeking his face, never desiring to see what God has to say about all of this. And that's what we're going to talk about this week is about God's will, about God's will. Um, When was the last time you went to truly seek God's face? When's the last time you humbled yourself? When's the last time you humbled yourself and said, I need to seek God's face on these things? I look about, about throughout, rather, this nation, and I look at whether you can you consider yourself to be conservative slash Republican, liberal slash Democrat, independent, libertarian, whatever you, whatever you are, if you confess that you are a Christian, we have a responsibility to seek God's face. But what I look out when I see it I see what seems and what appears to be that you are just, we are just seeking our will and calling it God's will. 
We are just seeking our will and calling it God's will. And that's not, that's one, that's not godly. I can, I can, I can prove it in the scripture, but I want to go to what we start off with. Every, every Christian child, and then often Christian adult, learns this prayer. That Jesus now has taught his, is teaching his disciples. And it's, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to stop there. Thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What it is, what that, that little tiny line is saying that whatever you say, whatever you will, is being done in heaven. Like there's nothing that go get, goes against your will in heaven. And what I'm praying, Heavenly Father, is that that same thing happens on earth. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the challenge with that is that we make that prayer. We believe that prayer. We even say, the Lord's will be done. Let your will be done. We even say, the Lord wills. We say that without ever considering to take the time to seek God's opinion, seek God's thought, to seek God's will. I want you, want you, the the believer. I want you, the Christian that happens to be a Republican, the Christian that happens to be a Democrat, the Christian that happens to be white, the Christian that happens to be black, the Christian that happens to be whatever it may be, to ask yourself before you take the position, have you seeked God's will? Have you seeked his face? I can tell you before I do most things, I try to. I'm not saying that I never stumble. I'm not saying that I never forget, but I try to seek God's face. Oftentimes, I don't even speak on what I want because what I want, if my confession is that I want God's will to be done, that is what I should be focused my want on. So if my wife asks me about uh, a house or, or a car or what do I want in the near future, generally I, I say, I, I'm open to whatever God wills me to have. Now, it seems small, it seems insignificant, and it seems fake or like fake humility, but that is the life I am seeking to live. I am seeking to live a life where God's will comes before my own. Now, where does this go in in our discussion about inequality? Where does this go in our discussion about police brutality? Where does this go in our discussion about the discrimination and the intersectionality of it? Where does that go? It goes because oftentimes what I have found that the African-American church, the black, the quote unquote black church has often been taught, been pushed to seek God's will, which we should be. Often the African-American church and the African-American Christian is asked to be a Christian before they are anything else, which is a noble 
and scripturally filled statement. Because we are of Christ. We're not of this world. Christ is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. The race is not a, a not a, a God-given thing. It is a how do we decide in this world? Now, we have people where they're natives, even the Israelites, they were of Israel. And so the, the Midianites, they were of Midian. This is how they got their name, but they, this was not about race. We, the, we'll say the modern man, the in modern history, or even before that, we begin to classify people by race. And there's a history behind that. But so before there was no need to say you're this before you're that. So there, there, there's no need to say you're you are a Christian before you're black. You are a Christian before you're white. You're a Christian before you're Republican. You're a Christian before you're Democrat. Because one, we have to understand that in the grand scheme of, of history, the Christian church is owed to us, but in the span of, of everything, it wasn't about being a Christian. It was about being a follower, follower of Christ, a follower of God, to be God's chosen people. And so in that, there was no need to say that you were this before that, because one, most people associated from where they were from, but also by their, their, their belief. And so we now have, because if we think about it, it was the Israelites or the Gentiles and Gentiles being this big, uh, this big one size fits all thing. But so when we begin to talk about this, we begin to look at this. It's always seems that when we get to the media, when we get to everything else, it always seems that the, the Christian African-American or black male and female or black person are, is pushed into making sure that they live Christ-like. I'll give you an example. I remember a few years ago, this had to be, oh, this is just the most recent. So I'm, I'm a sports fan. So it was when people were asking if Steph Curry, if they uh, won the championship, would they go to the White House? Or it may have been after they won the championship. And he said, no, I, I, I could not go. I cannot go because of my feelings and my response between, or my, how I feel between me, between the, the current president, President Trump. And I remember the first thing someone said is, you're supposed to be Christian. And it seemed like that is only said when it become when it is a black male or a black athlete but not only that it only seemed that it was coming from because this was the president that they supported no one said that you're supposed to be a christian when when there were christian leaders speaking out and speaking badly about president obama no one said that you're supposed to be a christian first I do believe that we should be seeking to be 
like Christ at all times before we try to be like everything else. But we cannot escape from the reality that we live in a world that does not look like that. What I mean by that is that we live in a world where everyone is classified by these things. We live in a world where people are classified by their wealth. We live in a world where they're classified by their race. We live in a world where they're classified by what neighborhood they live in. They're classified by what kind of job they have, blue collar versus white collar. And we have all these labels and it seems that it only becomes an issue of conflict when someone is not aligned with what we believe in or our race or our political party. That's what seems to be the case. And I don't want to get caught up in here in this in this 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 place. But the truth of the matter is that we all should be seeking to live a life that's chasing after Christ. And we should be seeking a life that is indicative, that is uh, an example of chasing God's will. But the problem that I have perceived, that I have seen, is that that is not a Christian universal thought or attempt. What I want you to do is ask next time you see a friend, whether you agree with the point or you disagree with the point, that you a friend that you know is a Christian, a friend that you know believes in God, a friend that you know is seeking to live in the way of Christ, and ask them when they made this post, when they made this opinion or statement rather, did they seek God's will? Did they ask themselves, what did God say about this? What did God say? Did you seek his face? Now, there, there's going to come a time where you have such a relationship with God, there's, something, there's certain things that you do not have to ask him. There's certain things that you do not have to say, God, do you approve of this? I'm going to give you a very elementary example. You don't have to ask God, is it okay if you cuss this person up and down, out, if you cuss them out, up and down, that you tear them, quote unquote, a new one. You don't have to ask them that, him that, because as you go into your relationship, he is seeking to change your language. You don't have to ask him that. Now, that's not to say that you won't do it, but there's certain things that you don't have to ask him. You shouldn't have to ask him, should you go and, can you go and rob this bank? Can you go and burn down this house? You don't have to ask him that. Now, if we talk about the Old Testament, you may have to ask him that if we're talking about the Old Testament because if we look at the Old Testament and some of the, the commands that he has given his people, sometimes you think about even Samuel when he tells Samuel to destroy everything and Samuel doesn't. God is mad that he disobeyed, but when that's not where we are now. And so you must now ask yourself, is this God's will? God, how do you want me to vote? Truly, truly, how, how do you want me to vote? Just because someone says that they are a Christian 
or profess to be a Christian, that does not mean that God wants you to support them. That doesn't even mean that they're within God's will. But what we truly do, we, we maneuver ourselves through and say, we tell everyone else to be a Christian first. But when it comes to our political parties, it's okay to stir away and be something else first. This is not, I know this is not juicy, this is not exciting, this, but these, this is what God has given to me as he has concerned his will. When is the last time, one, that you considered your ways and you seek God's face? When is the last time that you considered your ways? Are your ways the ways that Christ would will you to be? Are you living outside of when you go to church, outside of when you lift your hands, outside of, of when you say, hallelujah, Jesus? When you are voting, when you're at work, when you're seeking jobs, are you seeking his will first? Have you prayed about it? Have you talked to God? Have you talked to Jesus about this? You have discernment and you have, you have the, the perfect thing for everyone else. But have you seek God's will? Because unfortunately, no matter how much you think that you are aligned, no matter how, thing, how much you think that you are walking with Jesus, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to seek his face for his will because it's easy. As long as you have this flesh man, as long as you have this carnal nature on you, you have the propensity to stray from God's will. That's why people, what people say is, no one's perfect. But what, what, your, what the true confession is, when it says that none are righteous, no, not one, what it's really saying is, is that there's nothing that we can do to shake off this carnal nature. It's always there. But as we grow in Christ, we begin to lean on the spirit man, the spiritual nature, more than we do the carnal nature. But the carnal nature is always there. The temptation to sin is always going to be there. The temptation to cut somebody out is always going to be there. When you have grown up in such a way that you're living in a cycle of prejudice, you're living in a cycle of, of racism when you're living in a cycle to where you have disassociated yourself with the cause of your minority brother or sister or even with the cause of the person that just doesn't look like you you when you have lived so long it's always going to be a temptation to go back that way it, because you've lived longer in the carnal nature than you have in the spiritual nature. But even if you didn't, it would always be there. Even David struggled with his carnal nature. It didn't make him any less of a, of, of, of a, a lyricist and psalmist. It didn't make him any less of a king. It didn't make him any less of a, of a leader. But he still had that carnal nature that he had to deal with. And as he's dealing with it, he now has to seek God's will. There is in the Bible, while David is on the run, and there is a man in the mountains mocking him and, and tearing him down and basically cussing at him and, and, and 
mimicking him and all these different things, his boys, his homeboys say, should we go strike him down? Should we go strike him down? And David's response is no. No, because that may be God's will for him. Wait, wait a minute, David. You have the power to get this person back. And you're telling me that this may be God's will? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mean to tell me that you it's within your resources to strike this person down. But what you're telling me now that we shouldn't do anything about it because that may be God's will. This is the same David that that slept with Bathsheba, the married woman. This is still David who had Bathsheba's husband killed to cover one this is the same David that tried to cover up that he slept with Bathsheba and then this is the same David that had Bathsheba's husband killed same David this is what it meant that David was a man after God's own heart because he desired God's will for his life more than he desired his own will for his life now that is not to say that he wasn't going to make mistakes but even after the mistake when Nathan comes to him not even after the mistake after he murdered this man and he basically forced Bathsheba to sleep with him after he did that Nathan comes to him and says gives him a an analogy gives him a story and when he when it happens David responds and when Nathan tells David that it is him that he is the man from the example David does not try to rationalize he does not try to try to distance himself from it he accepts it because he was more concerned and had the greater desire for God's will. Now we would hope and we wish that he seek God's will before this. But he didn't. We cannot change the fact that he didn't. You can't change the fact that you stumbled. You can't change the fact that you that you cussed that person out. But you can now, when God comes back and tells you that you're wrong, you can accept it and now try to live in a way that you are chasing after God's will. I must be honest, from some of the, the back and forth that I see across social media, some of the back and forth that I've seen from my brothers and sisters in Christ as we have discussions, it is obvious that you're not seeking God's will. It's obvious. And it's the bigger challenge for me is that it's not even a thought to seek God's will. We are living in a way that causes us to believe that God's will is our will. But we must understand because we have this carnal nature on, 
because we were born in iniquity, we will always have to listen in, or we will always have inside of us two natures fighting. The sin nature, the carnal nature, and the spirit nature. They were always going to, to be fighting. They are enemies of one another. This is what the Bible says. They are enemies. Always going against each other. And we have to learn to check our carnal nature at the door. But if we never, we never consider that we have a carnal nature. We never consider that we could be wrong in our stance. We never consider that God really does want, want accountability for the police officers. That God really does care about black lives. That God really does want equality for women. Not just one race of women, but all women. And that God really wants you to help with this protest. That God really wants you to vote in a way that improves the lives of your brothers and sisters. If we don't check our own will at the door, our carnal nature, and seek to find out what God is saying. If you are right now saying that I just want everything to be better, but you're not seeking God's face. Because the Bible tells us that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face, if my people who call my name, if my people who say that they are Christian, that they are of Christ, would humble themselves to realize that they are not always going to be right, that they don't always have my will in mind, that I don't agree with everything that they've said, I don't agree with everything they did, I don't agree with everything they voted, I don't agree with the, how they work, I don't agree with how they raise their kids, I don't agree with any of this. And if they would humble themselves and realize that they are, they are missing the mark because they've never seek my face. But if they seek my face, then will I heal the land. You're praying for healing but never asked for, for forgiveness. You're praying for healing but never came to God humbly. You are praying for healing but you have never said, God, what is your will? You want healing but you have yet to seek God's face. Stop telling everyone else to pray and you get on your face. It is not just a certain race or a certain sector of the Christian church that must be seeking God's face. It is not just a certain sector that needs to be seeking God's will. We all have a responsibility. Going back to that Christian responsibility. We all have a responsibility to seek God's will. And we know this thing. We know that when the Sadducees and Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him what the greatest commandment was, he said that the greatest commandment is love, to love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is lacking to the first, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So his commandment is to love. When you are operating in God's will, which is to love, you'll begin to realize that his will is for you to be concerned about your brother and sister. You will realize that his will is to be, for you to be concerned about how your, how your neighbor is doing. It, it is to be concerned with how your, your brother and sister are maneuvering and functioning in this society that was not built with them in mind. 
but you have a responsibility to put them in mind because God commanded you to love and that is his will. That is his will. So when you make your statement, you have to ask yourself, am I making a statement with my brother and sister in mind or am I only thinking about me? Am I only thinking about how this this policy or this amendment or this zoning that I'm voting on helps me but not my brother and sister? And have I seek God's face? When you, you, the senator, whether it's Senator Mitch McConnell, I'm, I'm through not calling names, whether it's Senator Mitch McConnell or whether it's Senator uh, Lindsey Graham, when you say that your mission is to make President Obama a one-term president and you confess this and you say this, but at the same juncture, your confession is that you are a Christian. I must now ask you, is that your stance or God's stance? Is that your will or God's will? For all of you Christians that are living in racism, that are living in prejudice, that are living and casting down and throwing stereotypes and viewing all these people this different way. Have you seen God's will about how he views it? Before you get up on your, your platform and say anything, whether I'm not, I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, if you are a Christian, have you seen God's will? I can tell you for a fact that before I come before you on this podcast, become before you on this video, before I post things, one of the first things I do is have a discussion with God. I'm not saying that I'll never miss. I'm telling you, I miss. But now the question is, are you doing the same? Or are you assuming that God thinks like you? Are you assuming that God's will is your will? God does not struggle with the call of nature. He doesn't have it. We do. So we must not assume, but be sure and seek God's face. Seek his face. Seek his face. Is God telling you to be quiet? Or is he telling you to speak? Is he telling you to speak or is he telling you to be quiet? Is he telling you to consider your ways? Is he telling you to consider how you vote? Is he telling you to consider how you operate in the workplace? Is he telling you to consider how you treat women? Is he telling you that it's time to stop, stop saying that that women can't preach or women can't be present or women can't lead. Is he telling you that? But you're still stuck in your will because you don't want to give up your will because your will makes you feel like you have power. That is the real reality of it, ain't that? Because many times we don't seek God's face because we are afraid 
that God's will will go against our desire. And if you're not seeking God's face, can you truly, if you're not seeking God's will, can you truly say that you're living the life of a Christian? If my people who are called by my name, we call ourselves Christian, we say that we're of Christ. But have we said, God, show me your will and I'll do it. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. When Mary comes to Jesus and says, the wine has run out. Jesus seems to have an attitude like, man, woman, it's not my time yet. It's not my, yet my hour. And she tells the, the servants of the wedding, the, the caterers, if you will, and says, whatever he says, do it. If you're going to follow Christ, you have to do as Mary told those, those individuals, whatever he says, do it. You're looking for a miracle. You're looking for healing. You're looking for, for, for Christ to show up. And you won't do what he says. We have a Christian responsibility that we learned last week to love. That is his will. Have you loved? Have you loved? Have you, because love always protects, have you protected those that needed protection? Have you looked after the orphans? Instead of commenting about all this stuff about fatherless children, what the Bible tells us is that the father, if we, if we are going to say that we are religious, let us take care of the orphans. Let us take care of the widows. Where have you been, beloved? You say that you are like Christ or seeking to be like Christ, but never consider his will. That is a travesty. I am guilty too. I am attempting every day. And that's what I am asking you to do because you always have this carnal nature. What I'm asking you to do is to attempt to seek God's face and to seek his will. Seek his will. Are you seeking God's will? You have a Christian responsibility to love and you have a Christian responsibility to seek his will. God bless you. God love you. Until next week, remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you.